right. Good morning, golfers. Welcome to On Par with Anthony Scorcia. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful June 19th, 2021. Looking to, looking forward to a great show. We have Paige Desidu, who just recently won the Women's Medam at Southampton Golf Club. Um, Paige is a graduate of Smithtown West. She's an 11-time Met PGA Tour event winner. She's played on the Met PGA Ryder Cup team for three consecutive years, five-time All-League all recipient, three-time All-County, 2018 All-Long Island team selection, and a three-year uh team captain at Smithtown West and, and now is a um, sophomore, I believe, at Monmouth University, so where she's had a couple of uh, top 10s, top 20s um, in, in this sort of crazy COVID year. Uh, so looking forward to talking with her, uh, but we'll be right back in 90 seconds. You're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorcia. Pete's Golf. Since 1979, Pete's Golf has been practicing the art of club fitting and has been selected as a top 100 club fitter by Golf Digest magazine. At Pete's Golf, we use the best technology available to create an exceptional fitting experience for every customer that walks into our store. Visit Pete'sGolf.com or call 516-248-6891. That's 516-248-6891 and get your next set of clubs fit for you. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. Hey everyone, this is Chris Fochelle with Mizuno. There's no better feeling than having your clubs perfectly dialed in, and with over 2,000 authorized performance fitting partners nationwide, it couldn't be any easier to get custom fit using Mizuno's revolutionary Shaft Optimizer 3D. Find the right shaft and match it with any of our legendary grain flow forgings or our award-winning hot metal irons featuring high-strength chromoly. Visit MizunoGolf.com to find the nearest authorized fitter in your area, and remember, nothing feels like a Mizuno. All right, and we're back. Pleased to be joined on the line by Paige Desidu. Paige, how are you doing this morning? Doing well. Uh, thank you for having me. Yes, yeah, so it's it's great to have you, and um, congratulations on your on your recent win here. And uh, that has to be uh, exciting, and and you must be still uh, enjoying the moment. To be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was an exciting win, and uh, I've gotten support from the community. I'm really blessed to uh, have had everyone congratulate me, but uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, before we get to your uh, your championship round, I just wanted to sort of maybe just take us through a little bit about your, your you know, through your golfing journey. How did you get into golf? Um, who introduced you to it? And how's it, how, how have you enjoyed it? So well, I have a unique background with golf. My parents don't play. Uh, no one really in my family plays golf. Um, so I live about five minutes from Smithtown Landing. And as a little kid, my parents would take me to um, the summer camp at Landing every year. And my brother and I played as a young as as young kids. And I wasn't very involved in it until about maybe 12 or 13 when I was able to fully mature and understand the game. Um, and since then, I've fallen in love with it. It's really been my life and my identity, and I absolutely love the game. Um, was was that camp? I'm sorry. Was that sorry. camp the? Uh, no, I just wanted to jump in. Was that camp the? Yeah. Uh, Mike Hebron's camp, the one that he's done, yes. and with uh, Henry and all those guys? Yep. Oh, that's a great camp. 
Yeah, I loved it. It was a great opportunity. It kept golf fun when we were little, and um, that's kind of what sparked my interest. And since then, I've just, you know, spent my, I'd call them my family down at Landing. Um, Mm -hmm. I absolutely love the environment there, and it's a great junior environment, too. You know, they make golf in a unique way. Golf is very mature to understand, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that they just keep it interesting and, you know, exciting for little kids, and that's what exactly what got me into it. Yeah, I think they do a really fantastic job there. And, um, you know, as Mike Hebron, obviously, he's, well, he's a Hall of Famer, actually. So um, yeah. tells you everything you need to know. But just the way he's always been able to um, think about um, how kids learn. You know, he's always, he's very obviously big into the cognitive aspects of learning the game right. and how kids learn, how people learn. Um, we all know his story, and, and it's a fantastic one at that. Um, right. so it's, it's not, it's, it's not, um, unusual to hear how much fun you had a, a, as a kid because you knew he was going to make something that would be fun for kids to learn. Absolutely. So you, so you, you sort of get, you, you sort of get the bug at, uh, Mike Hebron's junior camp and then just started going from there. You started taking lessons. How did your game mature? Uh, so I took lessons. Um, as I was saying, I did Irish dance as a young kid and, I actually broke my hip in uh, when I was 12. So I had a summer where I was faced with I couldn't do anything overexerting my hip, but golf was a thing. I could use a little push cart. And so I have this competitive edge in me, and I felt the need to do something that, you know, use that competitive edge. And I mm-hmm. put myself in a bunch of um, that PGA tournaments. I would do like nine holes walking with my little push cart. And since that summer, I'd say I got this. I got the itch, you know, it was like that, that feeling when I, you know, I would put the work in and I saw the results, you know, it was like I shoot 53 every nine holes and it was like, okay, I'm, I, it, I was plateauing, but you know, I was putting the work in and I loved seeing the direct results. So I would say after that, I started the, um, I made the varsity team in seventh grade. And since then I loved the, uh, high school experience and, you know, doing the Met PGAs and that's how I got into it really. It's just, I love the com- competitive nature of the go- of the game, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and and you're right. It is something um, as an individual sport like golf. You make a good point. There's direct results, right? So you already have right. that immediate feedback, not just from a score standpoint, but from a shot standpoint. Um, every shot is direct feedback, and and sort of mm-hmm. uh, that would be something that Mike. Hebron would love to hear, right? You, you sort of, you're always learning from every shot. And so it's just, Absolutely. it's, it's just feedback of what's going on. It's not. And so, yeah, you, every shot's feedback, every hole, um, every round. And, and so um, I, I totally get what you're saying. And, and it makes you, I guess that's what makes people want to turn around and, and start going again to get better because, yeah. because of that instant feedback. Yeah. They say it's like an itch, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get the itch and it was like that's what I got when I was younger and um since then it's stuck you know and having the facility so close to me my parents would drop me off for the day and I love the environment down there mm-hmm. um there's so many facilities at Smithtown Landing that enabled me to grow I mean I'd start on the par three and then once I was old enough I got the regulation course but it I'd spend hours on the putting green hours on the range and just seeing that direct feedback was really what got me into it I love that you started. Uh, I love that Mike calls that the learning links, uh, and I think yeah. um, 
I think he's I think he's onto something there. I think all par threes should be called learning links. I think it's a wonderful place to to start the game. And not only that, it also becomes aspirational to play on the big course. Would you agree? Yes, it was almost like a graduation. Like yeah, graduation from the learning links. And I remember the first time I played, my parents took pictures of me on the first hole, teeing off from the red tees, my little push cart. <laughs> um, I just felt some level of accomplishment from getting there. You know, being able to use my driver. <laughs> yeah. It's cute, but yeah, no, that, I love those learning ones. I go on them all the time for short games. I mean, it's a great environment down there. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's a little par three golf course uh, near where I live, and I would go there all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a great place to work on things. You know, a swing is a swing. It may not be a driver swing, but a wedge swing is. It's still you're still swinging the club, and like you said, you can be. Um, you know, if your swing is bad with a wedge, it's going to be bad with a driver. So it doesn't really, you don't yeah. need to go on the big course to figure out that you can't hit your driver or, or whatever the case may be. But right. in addition to that, you can still work on the most important aspect of the game, and that's the short game and recovering and getting the ball in the hole. Exactly. What's your favorite um, memory, I guess, from your, from your high school and, or maybe just growing up? Uh, playing golf uh, as a as a as a young amateur, do you have any favorite moments from from golf? Um, thank you. Uh, I'd say, in some summary, I'd say all of my experiences with the high school team were just um, I I loved them. I loved being on a team, and you know, although it's an individualized sport, I loved being able to collaborate with other players. You know. Mm-hmm accomplish a one goal and i think my favorite um event was the in high school at least my yeah. favorite event was my senior year county mm-hmm. um it was an awesome experience i mean i i had uh one by i don't even know how many it wasn't even that it was just like it really was a just accumulation of all the work i'd put in since seventh grade and it was just an experience that i'll never forget and um it was amazing to see like young players on my team do well and this year they won the counties so it's just like it it all came full circle at that senior year counties which was awesome sure and i just love being on a team you know that's why i went to college and i absolutely adore playing college golf it's my favorite thing but um i'd say in high school it's that senior year counties yeah when did you decide that you thought when did it occur to you that you might want to play in college and how was that process um, so I would say I, maybe freshman year of high school was when I realized, okay, like that would be a goal of mine. You know, the nursing I knew I wanted to do, um, as my mom's a nurse, that was always a goal of mine. And I wanted to find a program that made nursing and golf work. Mm-hmm. I looked at a bunch of D1s around, you know, the Northeast and the MAC conference. And I absolutely loved my coach at Monmouth. So it was an instant click. And, um... Yeah, so that whole recruiting process was fairly, I mean, it was trying, knowing that, you know, there's so many options and what what's the best fit. And, um, but yeah, I would say at Monmouth, I knew that it was just going to be a balance of academics and athletics, and they were the most willing to make the nursing combination work, you know, as golf is like a fall and spring sport. Right. It gets tough at times, but the program really helped me out succeed. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal that people don't realize. To be a student athlete, everybody knows the difficulties of being a student athlete. That's not a surprise. 
but uh, right. particularly nursing um, is very difficult. In fact, uh, some, let's say, uh, I would say some sports or maybe some coaches might even, and I, I don't mean to just, you know, make a blanket statement, but I would think some some coaches don't, wouldn't even want like a nursing student um, just in just because of the scheduling and just because of the difficulties because of the labs and the whatever the science and, and it, it's really really hard to be committed to a, a top program or, or a, co a collegiate program uh, it doesn't really matter what um, division one division three is, is they're all competitive and and uh, require a, a lot of um, uh, you know commitment and dedication and whatnot so uh, it, yes. it, it, it's really remarkable and, and a, a credit to Monmouth that they're willing to work with you on that. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, there were some programs where I, it's not that they blatantly said, no, you can't do boats, but it was more like, okay, well, you're going to be on your own and trying to make that work, and there's going to be events that you have to sit out. And I knew that I didn't want that. I knew I wanted to stay competitive because, I mean, I have two years. It's three years maybe with the fifth year. Um, eligibility left. I mean, that's, I knew I wanted to compete and give it all I had until I entered the workforce, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, I'm just blessed that I have the program that I have and the opportunities that I've been given with college golf has been amazing. And, uh, how has it been this year? I mean, it's been a crazy year, this COVID year. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I can't imagine all the regulations you guys have gone through. Uh, I know, you know, what it's been like, you know, uh, in local education, but uh, how about for you and, and the team yeah. and trying to keep everybody together, but distant and mask wearing right. and, and everything that's been going, uh, it's sort of been a, a very strange year. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind of a year. So Monmouth, um, they tested us regularly. My, I tell my friends back home, I got tested, I'd say maybe 50 plus times for COVID, <laughs> 60 times. It was, it was protocol and um, in order to, tr to travel and in order to come back, you had to have a negative COVID test. And um, the, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. So we took five players to tournaments, and we'd have to take a huge coach bus to enable social distancing. So it was five college girls on a coach bus. Right. Ridiculous <laughs> sight. And um, we actually played a spot some because of, uh, they didn't want us to play with other teams. Normally it would be one girl from like Fairfield, one girl from Sacred Heart. But no, it was five mommies girls in a four in a five room. Oh wow. So the hour the it was like six hour rounds. It was um you know, playing with your teammates, love my teammates, but it just threw off your own personal game, you know, because it wasn't what we were used to. Right. And but obviously we made it work. We were so grateful. We lost a whole year of college golf, so we were like, All right, we'll do what we have to do to get back into it. Sure. And um we were able to fortunately no one tested positive on my team for uh, COVID during the spring season, mm -hmm. and we were able to fly down to um, Florida for the MAC championships in uh, Disney. And how so was that? that? Was cool. it, was, uh, it was good. I mean, um, our last day got cut short due to rain, but we okay. had, uh, it was three rounds, and um, it was it was good, you know. I didn't play my best golf, but it was a great opportunity, my first MAC, as a, <laughs> crazy as a sophomore. Yeah. Because um, we lost the first year, but uh, we were just so grateful to have been down there and we got down there got off the plane had to go get tested the day after and we we're like we just pray and when we got that negative test we were like all right we made it this season without covid 
because teams are dropping like flies. It's, oh, I know. It's crazy. And, and you're right. But, it's hard. Um, it's hard real. to. Um, well, first of all, it's your first experience down there, and, and your first championship, yeah. and so, and then you gotta like uh, be stressed out that you're gonna get. You know, you have to be tested, and you're worried about if everything's <laughs> gonna. You're gonna fly down there, and then your hopes be dashed. Um, you know, yep. just from from you could even not even have it maybe you get contact traced or something like that and it's just sort of yeah uh so it's it's a stressful environment yeah absolutely covid was not an easy i mean obviously it's still you know in existence but i pray that it's more contained next semester what did <laughs> but, you um, oh 100 percent. what did you learn yeah. about yourself and your golf game specifically um in college that you that uh, maybe you didn't have when you were in high school? Um, I learned, hmm, it took me a few tournaments to mm, acknowledge my, not, I wouldn't say self-worth, but that I deserve to be there. You know, it's mm -hmm. very intimidating stepping on a first tee and seeing all these college bags and all these intimidating college girls as a, as a freshman and a sophomore, really. Yeah. And I just got, I learned to trust my own game and know that I, it's, it's the six inches between your ears, you know? It's all mental. I mean, it's, it's just, um, it's obviously five hours by yourself out there, and you just, it's all mental. And mm -hmm. I just, over the years, I think, over the past two years, one thing I learned is to be more comfortable in my own game. Yeah. And um, to not let that, you know, environment, the, the whole Mac set up, you know, that, I tripled the first hole on the first day of Max. It was, and then it was, I, I have a tendency to let the environment get in my head and, yep. you know, to um, contemplate my own game. But right. I learned to kind of trust the work that I put in and trust that I deserve to be there. And um, I would say that my mechanics have gotten better, but I would say I've matured as a player overall. And my coach has said it. And, you know, I would hope that that's the case. But, um, I would say, yeah, my mental game has definitely improved, and I hope for it to improve as I continue forward. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, a couple of things. First of all, I think that's an awesome message that, that people um, that are hearing this, and hopefully, you know, maybe kids will hear and, and whatnot, and even regular, you know, people who are playing in, in, in terms of competitive golf, and that is, you know, I'm here for a reason. And so mm -hmm. uh, my coach, you know, you know, liked me enough to recruit me. Uh, she wanted me to come to Monmouth, and, and I wanted to be here. And so, um, and I wanted, and, and I, so I sort of belong here. But I, I understand that there's a mental edge to it, right? That, um, or a mental aspect to it to not think that you deserve to be there. But when you do, especially uh, someone like yourself, who's pretty accomplished even as a high school, it just shows... Uh, you know, as a high school player, uh, it just goes to show you, as you said, how mental golf can be um, and the mental games and the mental gymnastics you play uh, as you're um, uh, in the game of golf. It's It can be really challenging, and it seems like uh, – but I think that's a great message that people should uh, – people need to, to understand. And PGA Tour players say it all the time. Like, you know, they sort of feel like they have to – um, realize that they deserve to be there on that stage. They've proven it, and mm -hmm. now they just have to go and play. Yes, it's definitely about trust. And one thing that I always keep in mind is that those players on that PGA Tour, they all have different, unique swings, and mm -hmm. I think what determines the best of the best is 
that mental game, you know, and I've been told it time and time again. Um, my college coach actually had us doing like a form of meditation to kind of get us in that quote unquote zone while we're out there. And I think sure. that definitely has an impact on my game. Um, and I've just been trying to work on that mental piece because it's just as important as that physical piece. And I didn't really see that until my college years. Sure. So let's get to So now we turn to the, the, the women's amateur, the golf championship mm -hmm. at Southampton and you, you win uh, you shoot you shoot 74 uh, you win by two uh, obviously a very Southampton's a fun golf course can be a little tricky can be difficult um, right uh, conditions um, uh, you know can be difficult sometimes in general and and so you you win by two uh, but I was looking at your scorecard and sort of you know Sort of like an up and down front nine, right? You bogey mm -hmm. one, then you birdie three, yeah. then you bogey four, then you bogey seven, but you come back with a birdie eight, uh, and to yeah. so a one over thirty six. So not the smoothest front nine, but a sort of a roller coaster. Uh, tell us, take us through the front nine. So my front nine, the first hole, I was, I mean, my last tournament had been the max, so I was like, all right, let's just pick our target and just go for it. Right. Put my first drive had a beautiful drive but i can um measure the bunker in the fairway quite well that long bunker on the right so uh -huh. dribbled it into there uh caught a little bit too much sand on that second shot and then unfortunately didn't get up and down from there so okay. bogey clean bogey but you know a bogey on the first hole second hole um it was a shorter par three got up and then uh two putted third hole uh let's see here my third hole, just make sure I pick my target because it is a shorter par five. Yeah. But, um, you know, just all day, my goal was just to pick those targets. The fourth hole is that tricky hole. So right. the fourth hole, for some reason, has this really strong wind, and I just think it's a very open hole. And mm -hmm. the uh, approach shot, I'd say I played up about 20, 30 yards. Um, so that one, I unfortunately left my approach shot a little short, and then didn't get up and down again so I was kind of like all right it, it was a little bit on edge for me because I was like all right I just birdie and then I bogey but I was just trying to get back into that pick my target hit my target that's all I could do yeah is what it is sure um and I from what I remember for the rest of that front nine it was the same thing it was like all right an unfortunate bogey let's come back with that birdie um yeah the greens were so pure they were beautiful and I knew that if I, my putting, I trusted the putt, but it was one of those things where if <laughs> if I missed the putt, it was my error. They were so true. Right. And that's why if I made the putt, it was because I trusted, you know, it just went where I had intended it to go. And that's just the strong suit that day was my putting. So yeah, picked my target, kept my head down through that stroke, which is what I've been working on. And the putts kind of fell on those birdie holes. And um I wasn't for that's the one thing about that round is I think I had five or six birdies and I wasn't forcing the birdies. There have been rounds where I'm like, all right, well, I need like three birdies to get back on track here. Mm -hmm. and I wasn't forcing them. I found myself very much in the moment in that tournament. That's why those bogeys, I don't think they got in my head. I was able to make the birdies. You yeah. know what I mean? Like sure. It, it was a very much in the moment. The score happened to be what it was, but. Um, it just was uh, like I didn't I didn't think in the past and think in the future. That's why I think there have been times where I've gotten shaken up from 
just having previously made a birdie, you know? It's, it's mm-hmm. either just making a double or making a birdie. The next hole is a new hole, and that's, that's exactly what the mentality was all day. Yeah. And it wasn't even I thought by hole, I went by shot. So, I mean, that front nine, I knew I was one over because we had to give our scorecards in, and then <laughs> I doubled the 10th hole. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but then again, I went double, and then I think I'm birdie the next one. So, yeah. It was a very, um, I'd say I was flexible, you know, I just, it, I stayed in the moment, which is what I've been working on. And, um, that was the day pretty much in estimation. Yeah. I, I love that you said that you were flexible. I think that's the, and, and in order to be, you know, I think people become rigid if, if I'm looking for the opposite, right. And that's because mm-hmm. they have these expectations and when those expectations aren't met, um, they become mm-hmm. very, rigid and and you know and it, bec- it creates yeah. tension and, and 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 doesn't it's not conducive to really good golf and so i, I like i like that description of being flexible because it means that you are open to the moment and being ready to just roll with the punches mm-hmm. and like you said i mean it wasn't a, it was a sort of a weird uh you know you had an up and down front nine then you both you double mm-hmm. 10 birdie 11 bogey 12 uh, par 13 so you sort of run in the gamut right there in the first four holes of the right. of the back nine right and then you go birdie right. birdie bogey and then birdie bogey to finish so um for a two over 38 but it, it, i think it's you're exactly right i mean your scorecard reflects that you were really uh, as you said flexible and open to the moment and just staying uh trusting the process right um obviously i would have loved for those bogeys to have been pars but I, I didn't let myself get mad at the fact that I picked the shot that I wanted to hit, committed to it, and what the result was was what it was. And mm-hmm. one thing I'm learning, too, is that there are so many factors that can contribute to how each shot presents itself. Mm-hmm. So to be mad at myself for, you know, missed shots and all that, and given the work that I put in, I just it's not worth it, you know? I mean, it's just about being versatile and being flexible and coming back from those, you know, unfortunate misses. (laughs) Um, And I do think that coming back from those misses, the short game is crucial because short game is one of those things where, yes, you do get, there are misses that, you know, are unfortunate and elements can contribute to your misses. But I do feel that if you have a strong fundamental, you know, strong foundation for that short game, that it's going to help you in the long run and it allows you to get around the course and being crafty. It doesn't mean you have to make a green regulation, you know? It means sure. that if you miss the green, all right, I can get up and down. And um, I don't know. I just, I, it was a great round and that's definitely every round I'm taking as a learning experience as I'm still young. Mm-hmm. But I think it was breakthrough in that it was just in the moment. I was in the moment during that round. Sure. And um, honestly, the most roller coaster of a scorecard I've had in a while, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. What are your plans for the summer now? So I have a few tournaments planned for the rest of the summer. Um, I have a, another event being held at uh, Deepdale on June 28th. At, um, it's at Deepdale, and it's for the Women's Metropolitan uh, Golf Association. And then I have the Met Open, um, which is the Met Am, basically on steroids. It's, you know, with pros and amateurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's July 5th and 6th at Apollonis and Rye. And then um, I don't have too many throughout July and then the Long Island Women's Am in August. And if there's any smaller tournaments that I can enroll myself in, I will. But 
I do want to keep in mind that I do have a pretty heavy fall season too. So a pretty heavy what? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, heavy fall season. We have a oh. pretty set um, calendar for the fall. We get right into it when I get back. Right, right. Yeah, no, you definitely need um, sort of that little break so that you're back uh, before you get back to work and then sort of getting exactly. right into the grind. So uh, it sounds like you got a pretty exciting summer coming up and um uh what are you going to work on as you get ready now for the for the for the summer tournaments um well i have been working obviously on my swing keeping that maintained um i want to definitely make some make it um a point to work on my short game Mm -hmm. because every tournament i i'm in i realize the importance of that um yep so i've been working on my short game a great deal and that mental aspect i want to keep you know getting that as much time as i do my physical game and the time spent on the golf course i want to make sure um that i am training that as well as my physical game you know i'm training my brain each shot and not just you know aimlessly hitting balls or i find myself you know everyone does i think you just you kind of lose track of the moment but i want to make sure that when i practice it's the best practice that I can get, the quality of practice sure. is uh, what I'm going to be working on for the rest of the summer. It's funny, as golfers, it, this, the mental games just never stop. You know, I was listening to, I don't know if you saw, like, Phil Nicholson, um, mm-hmm. uh, a couple, you know, at the, before when he was talking about at the PGA that before, before the tournament, saying that he was playing, like, 36 holes a day just to try to work on his mental focus because he had, hi- had a hard time uh, focusing uh, for for 18 holes, so he was playing like double or whatever, as many holes mm-hmm. as he could in a day, just to, and, and you know, and he's 50, what, 51 years old, 52 years old. Yeah. I mean, it just never ends for the for us golfers, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I think that it's just so important to not only work on that mental game, but give yourself that the respect to work on your mental game. You know, it's and it's sure. not just golf. It's what like what's going on you have to treat the outside life before you can work on the golf game you know yep absolutely um, because i do think that outside factors obviously affect everyone's golf game you know what's absolutely. going on in life is uncontrolled but it's how we handle it and I've, that's one thing i'm definitely learning as well well Paige, thank you so much for joining the program i really uh, appreciate you coming on and congratulations one again once again on your uh the the women's am win and we look forward to tracking you all summer long Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Absolutely. All right, folks, that was Paige Desidu. She was the Medam uh, Women's Am Championship champion at Southampton. Pleasure to have her on. That's it for this week. You're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorcher.